Christ is Lord. We live our lives by the Word of God and where we are continually led by the Holy Spirit, the power of God. As always, it is an honor and a privilege to serve God and to serve Him here in this house, the Centre Church, that has been standing here for 35 years, making an impact and influencing this community for the good of Jesus Christ. And so, um, always an honor to be here. Thank you all for coming to uh, Ray and Lisa's family. Nice to have you here. Lovely to have you here. I know some of you. I don't know others. Um, Yes, there will be good times and challenging times. We have a lot of challenging times at the gym, don't we, at least with uh, a couple of the kids. (laughs) Uh, It's awesome to see see, see five five children whose destinies are already pre-programmed that we don't know what it is. These guys could go on and do something amazing and great for God or in this world, and they've dedicated themselves to God, the all-powerful God that created all things and who can lead them into their destiny and their purpose on earth. There's something special about that. And when I became a parent, I remember thinking I was a Christian. I became a parent with my son, Bronson. He's up there. Uh, I remember thinking, even if I was just put on this earth, just to raise a young leader, to raise someone who was going to go on and do something great for God, I'd be fine with that. And so, to Ray and Elise, I encourage you to continue doing what you do and what you've been doing. You've got an amazing family and an amazing wider family as well. So, um, welcome to that family. Well, this morning I'm going to be speaking on grace. The title of my message is Limitless Grace. Grace that just abounds, grace that has no borders, grace that can't be stopped. And so um, I want to start just by saying this. By preaching grace, I'm not saying that you can just run around sinning willy-nilly. What I'm saying is that grace, grace has been sent to us by God in the form of Jesus Christ and we're meant to receive it and accept it and go on and do great things for God with it. And live a life that is full of freedom. A life that's not encumbered by anxiety or depression or any of those things that's weighing down society at the moment. And so grace is a very important subject for all of us. Let's start by saying this. Grace will give you a new beginning. Grace is what Jesus was doing on the cross. The resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross brought grace for us. You can't buy grace and you can't earn grace. You can only receive it as a free gift and God can't wait to give it to you. We can't work any harder to get the grace of God. You can't be any better. You can't be a better person and get the grace of God. The grace of God is a free gift and all we have to do is receive it and God can't wait to give it to us. Now for those of you who have been around a while, I'm sure you have an understanding of grace, but we can never get a great enough understanding of grace, a revelation, a heart revelation of the forgiveness of God, that we've been forgiven every single sin we've ever committed and every sin that we'll commit in the future. That's grace. You know, I speak to people who, you know, I ask them to come to church and they say, if I walk in that church, it'll burn down. This church has been here 35 years. A lot of people have walked into this church. My brother walked into this church. Not even a spark. Not even a spark. (laughs) there's a lot of disbelief out there (laughs) my brother comes in late most days not even a spark (laughs) see God's not moved by our humanity he's not surprised by the things that we do he's seen it all he's seen it all from the beginning to the end not one person in this room not one person that's ever walked into this church has surprised God He's not surprised by our humanity. 
This is the God that has been on the earth when Genghis Khan was roaming around. He's not surprised by our little things that we've done. Because he's waiting to give you the gift of grace. He can't wait to have you back in the family. Grace is limitless. It has no borders. There's nothing that you can do or have done that can stop grace. It just keeps coming. You can't outrun it. Romans 11 verse 6 says, And if by grace, then it cannot be based on works. If by grace, if by the free gift of God, then it can't be based on works. It can't be based on how good you are or how hard you work. You see, we live in a world where we're brought up to work and get reward. To work and get reward. Our whole lives, Pastor Lisa brought it up in the last service. We go to school, we pass an exam, we get a reward. We go into tertiary, we pass an exam, we get a reward. We go to work, we work hard as we can and we get more money. Grace is not that. You don't have to work for grace. You just have to believe that God is going to give it to you and he will give it to you. He can't wait to give it to you and all you have to do is receive it. We don't live under the law. We don't live under the law of the Old Testament. That might be a shock to some people, but we don't. God sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross and be resurrected to die for all of our sin. Do you know that Jesus died over 2,000 years ago and our sins are still being forgiven today? That means that Jesus died for every sin in that time and in the future. Every sin that we'll ever commit, Jesus died for it on the cross. If we don't receive that, if we don't believe that, we're diminishing what he did on the cross. That's right, isn't it? We don't live under the law. Other than Jesus Christ, who's ever been able to live under the law? Who's ever been able to live up to it? Not one person in this room, I don't care how good you are. Not me, not no one. The two commandments that pass through the cross are love God and love people. Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Who can do that? Who never has a moment of doubt? Only the unconditional love of God. Only Jesus Christ who went to the cross for us can live up to that, which is why he was sent to the cross to die for our sins so that we could have the free gift called grace, the limitless gift called grace, grace without borders, grace that chases us down. I believe that God almost, I mean, it feels like he wrote the Old Testament to show us what we couldn't do. That in our human frailty, in our own strength, we can't live up to the law. And then he wrote the new book and said, but with Jesus. But when you receive Jesus as your Savior, when you believe that he was resurrected for your good, to wash away our sin and our sickness, then we receive grace and we can live up to what he's asked us to live up to. And we receive entry to heaven. We receive everlasting life. It's not about works. Romans 7 verse 4 says, Therefore, my brethren... You also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ. It says it quite simply. We are dead to the law through the body of Christ. If you receive Jesus as your Savior, then you are dead to the law through the body of Christ, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans 7, 6 says, But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Imagine living your life today trying to live up to laws and demands and still trying to serve and serve to the best of your ability, carrying all of that sin and all of those problems, all of the challenges. 
God is saying that we're dead to the law. That we serve in the newness of the Spirit. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, we receive the Holy Spirit. The Spirit that guides us and leads us, comforts us, leads us into the perfect will of God. It's not about works. It's about grace. We've got to get a revelation of this. You know, I, I had, a, had an appointment with Brent McFarlane during the week. Now, most of you will know Brent. Some of you won't. Brent was a man who moved in the Spirit. He was in a meeting here one day and a prophet walked past him and said, you're going to set people free all the days of your life. And he received it and he ran with it. And Brent went on to be quite prolific in his ministry, praying for people, delivering people, seeing people healed. God used him mightily. But I was saying this morning that I believe that one of the strengths of Brent or the strength of Brent was that he knew how to receive grace. He didn't hold on to baggage. He didn't wake up at night staying awake thinking about the challenges of life, the problems that he had. Brent rested in grace and rested in God and because of that he was able to serve in a mighty way and we saw miracles happen in this church and right around this community and he continues to do it today because he had a revelation of grace, not just an understanding. Most of us have an understanding. He had a revelation of grace. When I spoke to him the other night, he's still learning about it. Because grace is endless, it's limitless. Grace can move mountains of guilt and shame. Whatever we're feeling today, grace can move it. Grace can carry us through the fires of today. Whatever you're standing in today, whatever problems you're facing, whatever tests you're facing, the grace of God can carry you through it. God's grace is bigger than all of your faults, all of your mistakes and all of your sins. Every sin that you've ever committed, every sin that you ever will commit, God's grace is big enough for all of it. It's limitless. Grace has no borders. It has no limits. It's an ocean without a shoreline. There's nowhere for it to rest. It's the outworking of God's unconditional love. It's the foundation of the New Testament. It's the end of condemnation and the beginning of abundant life. That's grace. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. I said this morning, I used to hear Gary say that all the time. You know, grace is the unmerited favor of God. Unmerited means you don't deserve it. You don't deserve it. God gives grace when you don't deserve it. Because none of us deserve it. All of us are sinners. All of us. The unmerited favor of God favors approval or support. It's a like for someone. So the unmerited favor of God is the you don't deserve it approval. Even though you don't deserve it, God's going to give it to you as a gift. When have you ever received a gift that you didn't deserve? It's not your birthday, but you get a gift anyway. I saw Richard's daughter get a birthday cake once, actually. <laughs> no, it was at her uh, sister's 18th birthday, and she cried because she didn't have one, so they gave her a cake. <laughs> she didn't deserve it, but she got the cake. She blew out the candles. You see, none of us deserve it. God gives it as a free gift. He gives us as unmerited favor as you don't deserve it approval so that we can be what he called us to be grace never rests you can't outrun it you can't hide from it it just keeps coming at you in Luke 15 verses 4 and 5 it says this no man, uh, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost what will he do won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that 
is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. I can imagine that the 100 sheep, 99 of them were behaving. 99 of them were doing the right thing. 99 of them looked like they did it that like they deserved the shepherd's unmerited favor. They deserved God's favor. But the one turned away from God and ran. And what does God do? As representative of God, what does he do? He chases that sheep down. The sheep turned away from him. It was misbehaving. It was doing all the wrong things. God's unmerited favor, his grace chased it down, hunted him down, and brought him back to the shepherd. Because God cares about the one. God cares about the one. It's not just the 99. God cares about you. He cares about each and every person in this room. God named each of you before you were born. God saw you sitting in this room before you got here. He can see the outcome to your latest problem. He can see the solution to every challenge that you're facing. He saw Ray and Alisa's kids come in here this morning and dedicate themselves to God, and he's seen their destiny playing out. He's seen exactly how he's going to use them. His grace never rests. God's grace will chase you down. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty good when you get caught. It's pretty good when you get caught. When we mess up, God runs to us, not away from us. He's not like people. How many friends and family do you have? How many people do you have in your life who promised they'd be there no matter what? They said, when things go wrong, I'll be there. All of the godparents that were up there this morning said, when things go wrong, we'll be there. I believe them. But how many people do you know in your life who said, I'll be there no matter what, and they weren't? When things get hard, God runs to you. He doesn't run away from you. He can't wait to come and save you. Grace is looking for you. You could be in the hardest place that you've ever been in right now today as we sit here. We wouldn't know. God is chasing you down to give you his unmerited favor, to give you the you-don't-deserve-it approval. God's grace abounds towards you. You can't outrun it. You can't buy it. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't outrun it. It's a free gift. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 it says, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. All grace abounds towards you. It abounds towards you. It's like when Ray's on defense, he's the last line in the touch game and seven people are running at him. It's all abounding towards him. Ray guns them down, defends them. It's all good. <laughs> it's race fast. <laughs> God's grace abounds towards us. And, I, and the, the way that I read this scripture was I read the last bit. So we may have an abundance for every good work. So we may have an abundance for every good work. You see, when we receive the grace of God, when we start working out of God's grace, when we stop trying to force things and stop trying to outthink God, when we stop working, then God works. When we start to rest, God works. When His grace abounds towards us, we have an abundance for every good work. Think about the ministries you're in, the things that you do in life, even as a parent. How much better you can be with the unmerited favor of God. I know when Brent was ministering here, we had a lot of miracles happen. And I believe it was because he had a revelation of grace. 
when he prayed for people, when he prayed for healing, he didn't carry in all his own troubles. All the weight of, am I good enough to do this? Do I carry God's power? Do I truly carry God's power? He knew he did because he had a revelation of grace that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected so that he could be filled with the power of God. And he had an abundance for every good work. I'm only using Brent as an example. There are other people in this room that are doing this every day. There are other people right throughout the body of Christ who have a revelation of grace and who are operating out of an abundance in every good work. I'm just saying. Wouldn't it be great if we got a revelation of grace and that could be the way that we live our lives, free and unencumbered? God's not taking score of your mistakes. He doesn't care where you've been and he, doesn't, he only cares about the future. He only cares about where you're going. He doesn't care about the past. And yet there are people who will stay awake at night thinking about today and yesterday and the day before yesterday and what people think. Don't spend your life trying to please people because you'll never do it. You'll never do it. We spend our lives trying to please God, trying to build up our faith. We should spend our lives resting in God, not worrying about what he said or she said or if I do this, what's someone going to say? We please God. I heard this story and I'm going to use my son as the kid in it, but it's not my story. But it's a really good illustration of how God thinks. Who's, who, are, who are all the parents in here? Who's got children? Hands up. Yep. Quite a few. Okay. So I'm going to tell the story like it was me. Bronson was outside. He was hanging around in a tree. He was about five years old. And he fell out of the tree. He'll say he'd never fall out of the tree. He's uh, athletically superior. But he fell out of the tree. And he was holding on by his fingernails. And he starts screaming out for Dad. Dad, Dad, come and help me. You see, Bronson's in trouble. I'm not going to say to Bronson, just wait there, son. I'm just going to go and check if your room's been done. I'm just going to go and ask mum if your grades are good. Make sure that you've done your chores. That's not what fathers do, is it? All the fathers? It's not, is it? That's my son. I'm going to run as fast as I can, as fast as I can. <laughs> I'm going to do my best to get there as quick as I can to, to save him. That's how God thinks about you. Every time you're in a sticky mess, even if you made the mess yourself, God can't wait to run to save you. He's not going to look at the score sheet and go, well, I'm not sure. Richard was late for church today. Again. Again. Darcy sung a dud note. Again. <laughs> what I'm trying to say... <laughs> what I'm trying to say is... Nothing that you do is going to stop the grace of God. Nothing. Any mistake you make today, God is running to save you. He can't wait to get to you. And you know God will never leave you or never forsake you. People will leave you. People will forsake you. God never will. He'll always be there. I said a couple of messages ago, God is always working. Even if you can't see his hands working for you, he's working for your good and for his glory. Always. He never stops. He never sleeps. God doesn't take breaks. Each and every person in this room, God sees you. He sees all of you. He sees your whole life. And he knows when he has to be there. It's the grace of God. So how do we access grace? Well, the first step is to make a decision to give your heart to Jesus Christ. It's to make a decision that you're sick of living the way that you've been living. 
You're sick of counting on the world for solutions. Where are the world's solutions? To everything that's going on in the world today. Poverty and hunger, the pandemic. I'm not having a crack at our leadership, but there are no solutions. God is the solution. Living a life in Christ is the solution. And so the first step is to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. And when you do that, you receive grace because God sent Jesus to die on the cross so that if we believe in him, we'll have everlasting life. We get to go to heaven. All of the people in this room that are going to heaven, we all get to hang out together. Yeah. Oh, you say yay, but... <laughs> what if we're next door to Ray and Elise and their kids are just screaming and making noise all night? And... Man. <laughs> John 10, 9 says this, and this is about how you give your heart to Jesus. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's that simple. It's that simple. Confess your sins. Believe that Jesus died for you and that he's raised from the dead and you will be saved. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I said before, we can't work any harder. We can't try anymore. We can't be just better people. The only way to God is through Jesus Christ. Ephesians, 7 verse, uh, Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You see, we're not, God doesn't want us to think that we've done it. There are lots of stories in the Bible where God set up situations for small groups of people to overcome big groups of people so that he could show that it was him. Gideon's 300 was a, is a great example where he started with 32,000 people and he said, send all the cowards home and they ended up with 10,000 people. 22,000 people left the camp. Then he sent them down to the river and said to drink and the way that they drank was whether they stayed or go and 300 remained because he wanted to see 300 men go out and fight against hundreds of thousands of Midianites so that he could say it was me, it was me that ran to you and helped you. That's what God does. And so he doesn't want us to boast about what we do because it's not about what we do, it's about what God does. It's about resting in God. It's about having a revelation of the grace of God, of the unmerited favor of God, of the unmerited approval, the you-don't-deserve-it approval of God. Knowing that he just loves us, that's, that's the bottom line, he just loves us. The last thing I want to say is grace is not based on our love, it's based on the love of God. I hate to say it, but our love is flawed. We don't have the unconditional love that God has. Because if we did, I can't even understand sending my son to die for the sins of people I've never met. But God did it. That's how we can measure God's love. And no matter what we do, no matter how many times we turn away from him, Jesus said forgive 70 times, seven times. No matter how many times we turn away from God, when we turn back around, he's there. He's chasing us down. He never leaves us. It's not about our love. If it was based on our love, we'd be in trouble. Focus your attention on God's love. If you want to receive grace, focus it on how much he loves you, not on how much you love him. Because our love will be up and down. It's flawed. Some days I'll feel like I deserve it because I love God. And some days I'm having doubts. I'm having a hard day. My love is not where it should be. And then I feel like I don't deserve it. 
If you receive Jesus Christ as your saviour and you believe that he's resurrected, you deserve grace. It's the you don't deserve it approval, but you get it. It's a free gift. Grace is not based on our love. It's based on God's love. That's really it. Grace is a revelation that the body of Christ need to get, and it's a revelation that people who don't know Jesus yet need to get because there's more for us. There's more for each and every person in this room. Father, I thank you, Lord God. Man, I just give you thanks after thanks after thanks, and I can never thank you enough, Lord God, for what you've done. Father, I, sent you, I thank you that you sent your Son, Lord God, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sin, for the sins of everybody in this room, that we might be healed of every sickness and infirmity. And all we need to do is believe that Jesus has been resurrected and lives today. Father, I pray that we would get a revelation of your grace, of your unmerited favor, that we would continue to each and every day get a revelation of your grace, that we wouldn't carry the heaviness of this world. Father, that the people in this room that are having problems sleeping, Lord Father God, that they'd have peaceful sleeps because they'd understand the revelation of grace, that everything they've ever done can be forgiven. Everything they're worrying about right now can be solved. Every challenge they face can be overcome. I thank you, Lord Father God, that you are healing busy minds. Father, I thank you, Lord God, that your grace is the only thing that can truly heal the human heart. Father, I just pray for the brokenhearted, Lord God, the people that are in this room who have broken hearts. Father, over something that happened throughout their childhood or in their life, maybe today, I thank you, Lord Father God, that you're healing hearts. You're making people whole. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for Rain Elise's children, Lord God. Thank you for Rain Elise. I thank you for that family and the wider family, Lord Father God. I declare blessing over them and favor and everything that they put their hands to. Prosperity, Lord Father God, and good health. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for strength in that house. I thank you that they're the head and not the tail above only and not beneath, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord Father God, that you have lined up a destiny for those children and for that family, Lord Father God, that lines up with your word and your will that they will be led by the Spirit, Lord God, to do something great for God, something great for mankind, something that makes a difference on this earth, that they would be filled with your love, that they would have a revelation of grace, Lord God. I thank you for boldness. These kids are bold. Father, they're, uh, they're fearless, and Father, I thank you that they'll go to places that other people can't go, and they'll preach your word, and they'll see people saved because they have a revelation of the grace of God. Father, I thank you for it. Father, pour out your blessing on that family and on this church and on everyone who's sitting here, Lord God, everyone who hears this message, just pour out your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, we're going to have some ministry time. What that means is that